This is the True Adventure Podcast, episode 71. Welcome to the True Adventure Podcast, where I, Karina Baldwin, your host and mental performance coach, teach you the skills to calm the fuck down. You're a high achiever, a CEO, or overall, you just do the most. I get it. We're cut from the same cloth. It's time to actually acknowledge your success, celebrate your wins, and train your mind like an elite athlete. I have a master's in sport and performance psychology and worked with collegiate athletes for two years, worked with the U.S. Army for three years, and now work with high achievers and CEOs to teach them to use their mind to work for them rather than against them. This podcast is where research meets reality. To teach you the skills to uncover mental blocks, make success predictable, build mental endurance, and master your mountain mentality. Are you ready to go summit some shit? Let's get started. Hello, friends. Happy Friday. I'm your host, Karina Baldwin. I'm so happy that you are here. However you are listening to this, whether you're on your walk or in your car, catching up, whatever it is, thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of this community. I appreciate it. Today, I'm doing another 9 before 29, but this time it is not in the sense of business. These are life lessons that I have learned in my very wise years of 29. (laughs) I'm kidding. I feel like I know nothing, but also I know so much. It goes back and forth, you know, and I feel like if you are anywhere past the age, I think when I started to realize that I knew nothing was about like 22. When I was in college, I was like, I can do this. I can figure it out. I'm about to be a real adult. And then I graduated and I was like, I know nothing in my life. There, nope, got nothing. And I think that's a nice humble feeling to also realize that goes for everybody. And the more I talk to even my parents and their both either in their 60s or almost 60, and they have no idea what they're doing with their life. My mom's retired, and she's like, well, I don't know. Now what? Like, how do I fill my time? My dad's still building a business, and he's like, I don't know what I'm doing, and he's almost 60. Like, it's just, it's a very nice feeling that nobody has any idea what they're doing, but we can all learn from each other. So that's what I'm trying to do. In today's episode, I am trying to help you with some lessons I've learned, whether you're older than me or not, you know, whether you've learned these lessons or not. I would love for you to know these lessons without the hard way of how I learned them. (laughs) So before we get into the nine before 29 of Karina's life, I want to invite you to the PNW mini retreat that I'm doing in January. It is going to be January 25th through the 28th. We're going to spend the long weekend moving slowly, starting out the new year. I think a lot of people start out the new year and they're like, let's hit the ground running and fitness is high and everybody started gym membership. And then you go to the gym and you're like, this is overwhelming. There are so many bodies here. I want to do the opposite of that. In the winter, Mother Nature literally goes dormant. Things do not grow in the winter. They, they literally stop growing. They literally go dormant. And whether it's a barren hibernation or it's just a plant that loses its leaves and goes barren and then hangs out until spring and then it grows more. What happens in the winter in Mother Nature is you slow down. It's, Mother Nature slows down long enough to just take a pause 
take rest from growing, take an off season, and it plans and it gets ready and soaks up all the nutrients that it needs. So that way comes spring, it sprouts these gorgeous flowers or the bears come out of hibernation and they yawn and they get ready for the, the summer and they start hunting again. So let's take a lesson from Mother Nature's playbook. And this January, come on the PNW Women's Mini Retreat with me and slow down. Let's plan for the new year. Let's get a rock solid, tangible plan in place to get exactly what you want out of 2024. And we'll do that over the weekend. We also have a spa day. Like I said, we have yoga. We have, of course, mental performance coaching, and we're doing some wine tasting. So 21 plus, and I would love to see you there. All the individual rooms are completely sold out. So all there's left are group rooms, so shared rooms. You'll either share with just one other buddy or two other buddies. And I would love to have you there. You can head down to the show notes and click the PNW mini women's retreat and it'll take you to the page, learn all the information and you can submit your deposit and join us in January. So that's two months away, just over two months. All right. Join us, my friends. All right. Let's dive into today's episode. So nine lessons I've learned before the age of 29. So I turn 29 this coming Monday. So this podcast will get released on Black Friday, um, which is November 24th, I believe. And I turn 29 on the 27th. So come Monday, birthday present to me, screenshot as you're recording this and post it on your Instagram story. I would love to reshare it. I love watching you guys listen to these. I think it's so fun. So birthday present to me, share this podcast with your favorite business owner or high performing friend, whatever they do. Okay. All right, let's dive into the nine before 29. The first one, I think this is like a wonderful lesson that you don't learn until after you start to gain a little bit of it. Confidence comes along the way. So big lesson that I learned over time. I think I was very lucky. My parents instilled in me confidence. I think I was always seen as like a confident kid. I was a talker. I still am. If you know me in my personal life, even in my business, I am a talker. And I think a lot of the time that comes off as innate, so like born with confidence. And I definitely was born with and was nurtured very young to be confident. So I had a good baseline. But the more I started to do challenging things, the easier the confidence came and it started bleeding into the other areas of my life. I just recently did a post about this that I truly believe that my winter sports And my mountain sports are the main reason that I am so confident when it comes to business and strategies, trying and failing at things. Because when it comes to sport, the more I do something, the more confident I feel in it in regards to, you know, my physical capabilities or just a skill that I'm learning. And I think that it builds that mental resilience and that mental toughness. I know it builds that mental skills and mental toughness to just translate into whatever area that I need it in. So confidence comes as you do things. So that's one. That is one lesson I have learned. The second lesson I think I really saw in grad after grad school, but I felt it when I was in grad school because I weighed too much on it. So the second lesson is the only person's opinion 
whose matters is yours. This is a lesson I did not learn until after I should have learned it. And it came from, I had some very experienced and incredible mentors when I was in graduate school, but we didn't always see eye to eye. We did not always agree on the way that I wanted to practice sport and performance psychology and the way that I wanted to be a mental performance coach. And I internalized that as that I was not a good mental performance coach, even though my athletes connected with me and I saw tangible results that my mental performance coaching was helping them love their sport and do better in their sport, I felt like I was not good enough because I was weighing my mentor's and my supervisor's opinion about how I was practicing even more heavily than my own. Did I enjoy how I was practicing? And it wasn't until I went off on my own after graduate school that I started working with my ideal client and how I wanted to work with these clients that I started getting people in my circle who loved how I was working. Not everybody is going to love what you do, and that's okay. But the only person you need the approval of is yourself. Are you ethically doing the job or the service that you are doing? Do you truly believe that you are doing your clients or your friends or your family the best version of you and what you can do for them? Then that's all you need. That is all you need. The only person whose opinion matters is yours. All right, number three, find the exercise that you love and makes you feel strong. This, again, I feel like a lot of these lessons, I mean, obviously because they're top of mind because they've been learned in the last handful of years for myself, but that one's a big one. I used to run a lot because my sport of rowing weight mattered a lot. It was a big weight was weighted. And so I had to run a lot. I felt like I had to do a lot of cardio and get my body super small and trim as much fat as I possibly could. But I didn't love it. I liked it. I enjoyed parts of it, but I definitely loved it for different reasons. And then as I came out to Washington State, I started getting more into the mountains and skiing and ski mountaineering and mountaineering and rock climbing. And I've been looking at pictures of myself more recently, particularly there was one picture that was taken of me over the summer where I was in a bathing suit and I was just like standing there. And if 19 year old me saw the body that I'm in right now, I think she would be sad almost because I'm so much bigger than I was at that point. But I can see the muscles and I can see what the muscles do for me now. And I'm about 40 pounds heavier than when I started my sport of rowing in college. So when I was about 18, 19 years old, I was about 115 pounds. And I'm on the brink of 160 nowadays, maybe like 155, not really sure. I'm very open about my numbers. I actually don't know for sure my numbers of how much I weigh or like, you know, anything like that. I haven't owned a scale since I was a sophomore in college, but 
I know my body is capable of doing incredible things of skiing and mountaineering and rock climbing and running and doing CrossFit and yoga and every muscle and in my body and every ounce of fat in my body serves a purpose and it's there to help me. And that has been a big game changer for my mental health when it comes to body image because I look at what my body can do rather than how small it should be. And I think that's been incredibly helpful in the fitness journey for me that I love feeling strong. So find the exercise that you love and makes you feel strong. Lesson number four, you only have to be brave for about 30 seconds. This came from, I want to say a book. I'm not really sure. Maybe it was TED Talk. But when it comes to doing something scary, you only have to be brave and sometimes even less than 30 seconds. You just have to go, jump, start, say hi, and then you're in it. And then you're committed. There's no walking away. You are doing it. So like you take something like skydiving and you can be like, nope, I'm not doing it. Nope, I'm not doing it all the way until it comes time for you to literally jump out of the plane. And then you just have to be brave for 30 seconds. And then guess what? You're skydiving. You're falling. You were doing it. Only have to be brave for about 30 seconds. And often it's less than that. Sometimes it's like five seconds. If it's walking up to that dream client and introducing yourself, you only have to be brave from the time that you decide I'm going to walk up to them to the time the time that you shake their hand. 30 seconds. That's it. And that can change your life. So you only have to be brave for 30 seconds. Lesson number five, you're exactly where you are supposed to be. It is so hard to acknowledge that sometimes because you're like, I am struggling. I'm eating ramen. I don't know where my rent is coming from next month or I just broke up with, you know, last year, if you were paying attention to podcasts or, you know, life circumstances for myself, I am, I left a almost five-year relationship last year and that's scary. And at the time, I was like, I have to start all over. I'm so scared. But I'm so happy that that happened. I was meant to be there. I was meant to spend almost five years with that person. I was meant to go through that. Because without that relationship, without that person, I don't know if I would have started my business with as much support as I did. I don't know if it would have gotten off the ground. He really helped me through a lot of that. And I really appreciate it. And we learned a lot together. When it comes to business, you know, there's some low lows. There were some times I had to ask for an extension on my rent because I literally did not have the money in my bank account to pay my rent, to pay my landlord. But in that moment, I had to trust that money was coming. I had to trust that my clients were coming. And within three months, I had over 20K in revenue come in because of the work that I kept doing. So trusting that you are exactly where you are supposed to be in this moment. And I know that's harder to be done than said, but just showing yourself, trusting along the way, it gets easier the more you trust yourself. You have to trust yourself and what you're capable of doing. All right, number six. If you are not in a girl gang, go find one. Oh, you know, I grew up 
And I believed I was one of the boys. I was one of those classic girls are drama, girls gossip, girls get emotional, and like all the things. I was one of those girls. I was like, I'm going to hang out with boys. I don't need girls, which is very funny because I was in a sorority and I was on a women's sports team. I And maybe that's why. <laughs> maybe that's why I just only surrounded myself with women that I needed to hang out with boys. So my main group of friends in high school and in college were guys. I hung out with a lot of guys. And it wasn't until I moved out here to Washington that I started finding women that I actually connected with, that I chose to be a part of, rather than they were there by proximity. And I think all those women are incredible women. And I, you know, I'm very thankful for the groups I was a part of when I was in college, and I'm still close with some. And coming out here and choosing, truly, truly, truly choosing my friends, I have this very immediate group of girlfriends. And actually, this guy um, that I met via social media that I did a workshop with a couple months ago, he saw a couple of my friends come to our workshop and he was like, oh, are you guys in the girl gang? And I was like, I love this, that we are acknowledged, that we are such a close-knit group of women. And to be in networking groups of all women, women supporting women is truly the most powerful thing in the entire world. Women are torn down and criticized and critiqued by social media and men and business in so many different ways. Why would we want to do that to each other when we can support each other? It is truly about collaboration over competition. And, you know, all the cliche sayings, a rising tide lifts all boats. There's enough for everybody to go around. Just because I get something doesn't mean you can't get something. That's not how it works. Truly supporting one another, the more I give to the women around me, the more I feel filled by the women around me. They fill my cup without me even trying. When I am down, they lift me up. When I am high, they push me even higher. They support me and they love me. And it's truly just so incredible and empowering. And I am so appreciative of it. If you want to figure out how to do, how to find your girl gang in whatever way, reach out to me, DM me, tell me where you live. I will help you. I'll either connect you with somebody that I know that's an incredible human, or I'll help you find a Facebook group. I met all of my friends, all of my friends, we met and connected via the internet. And I think that's hilarious. There's some Bumble BFF, there's some Facebook groups, there's some hiking meetups, like there's a friend of a friend. Like it's it's so easy nowadays with our resources to get into these groups. So make use of them. So if you're not in a girl gang, go find one. All right, number seven. The thought, I'll figure it out, is the most powerful thought you can have. I think it goes for any skill, any business, any person, whether you're building a business or you're a nine to fiver and you just want to climb the corporate ladder, whatever it is, 
I'll figure it out is the most powerful thought and it can be translated to anything in life. You want to learn how to reinstall the vanity in your bathroom? You'll figure it out. You're a big girl. I believe in you. You've made it this far in life. I fully believe in you. You will figure it out. You're capable. You want to figure out how to use Canva to make your social media AI and so auto posts? You're a big girl. You can figure it out. I believe in you. And I think that's the most incredible thought. One of my good friends, her all the time in any hard situation, she's like, I'm a big girl. I'm a grown woman. I can figure this out. She had never gone camping before. She had a tent and I was like, have you practiced? You know, did you set up your tent in your living room? She's like, I'm a big girl. I'll figure it out. It'll be fine. (laughs) And guess what? She figures it out. Right. And whatever it is, you'll figure it out because guess what? You figured out everything else thus far. Is it going to be frustrating at times? Absolutely. Is it going to be annoying and you're going to want to give up? Probably. But at the same time, you'll figure it out because you're a big girl. You got it. All right. Or if you're a man, you're a big boy. You can figure it out. (laughs) All right. Number eight. Invest in yourself. Ugh. I took a chance. I was 25, I want to say, the first time that I felt like I could invest in myself. And I invested in yoga teacher certification. I invested in that because, one, I loved yoga and I just honestly wanted to deepen my practice. Two, I wanted to make friends, and I was like, I like yoga. I like the people who do yoga. So I'm going to literally spend the next 10 months with people who love yoga. So I invested time and energy into this. And it paid off. Is this necessarily like the only thing that I'm doing with my life? Obviously, you guys know that. No, I don't just teach yoga. But it helped me start off. I didn't know what I didn't know. And I think investing yourself, investing in yourself, whether it's time, money, energy, it is always worth it. With the right resources, with the right mentors, the right coaches, it's always worth it. Now, there's a lot of people out there who have unethical practices. So definitely weed those people out and pay attention to their messaging and their guarantees and their, you know, products or services. But when you find the right people that are going to help you get from point A to point C and skip point B, they're the ones that you want to invest in. And I fully believe that money and energy will always come back to you. Time is something that's going to always continue, whether you use it or not. So, but money and energy will always come back. And so if it's your last $50, well, guess what? You're probably going to work tomorrow and that next paycheck is coming. Maybe it means that you need to get a different type of job. That's okay. But you've paid all your bills thus far. You've figured it out thus far. You've survived all your worst days thus far. So invest in yourself. And whether it's buying a book, buying a coaching program, like Mountain Mentality, you know, 
shameless drop right there for mental performance coaching, investing in coaching was the best thing I ever did for my business. I particularly went with a thought work business coach. So I felt like she was similar to a mental performance coach, but specializing in business. And it was the most incredible investment that I ever made. And here I'll talk numbers. I invested over $25,000 with this woman over the course of two and a half years. And she has helped me make a quarter million in revenue. Wow, that's crazy. I think I should do some math. I think I'm close to a quarter million in revenue, my friends. That's insane. (laughs) Surround yourself with people who are doing crazy shit, okay? I think that's a really cool realization that I just made today off the top of my head after I'm running some rough numbers of 2021, two, and three revenue. I think I've made close to a quarter million in revenue. That's insane, my friends. I'm super excited right now and I need to refocus my brain. All right. So investing in yourself, it is so worth it. All right. Number nine. And I think this goes hands in hand in hand with that invest in yourself. Number nine is take the risk. Time is truly going to pass no matter what you do. So like why be comfortable? Why be sitting in what you're okay with? Why not get uncomfortable? Why not try it? Let it fail if it fails. We all fail at something in life, whether we fail a test. Fun fact, my first ever test in grad school, I got a D on. I got a D. And then I graduated and I continued on. I continued learning and I got so much better. My next test was not a D. Like, yes, I know that. Um, But I continued learning and adapting and adjusting. So get uncomfortable. We all fail. That's okay. So whether it's you're risking in your love life, like go ask the person out. I had a girlfriend of mine literally go up to a guy in our rock climbing gym and ask him out to point blank. And I commend her. Amazing. Go do it. Get scary. Worst thing someone says is no. So ask the question. Take the risk. Risk the business decision. The worst thing that happens, maybe you lose some money. Let your brain go to the worst case scenario too. Like, let it. You lose money. Yeah, that sucks. But guess what? There's jobs out there. You could go work for REI, be guaranteed a paycheck 40 hours a week if you wanted to. Go start a new hobby. Go start a new sport. Take up pickleball. Look stupid. Be uncomfortable. It's a part of human existence. And I think it's the most beautiful part of human existence is to get uncomfortable. So go out there and take risks all the time. And the more you take risks, here's some full circle moment. The more you take risks goes back to that number one lesson that I learned. Confidence comes along the way. The more uncomfortable you get on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, the easier the uncomfortable will sit. Your circle of comfort will start to grow. That it's not scary to ask someone out. It won't be scary to send an email anymore. It won't be scary to put your price tag on your service. It won't be scary to go start a new sport and look dumb doing it. 
it will no longer be scary because you'll start to gain that confidence because you take risks all the time. So learn that, hear that, and you are worthy no matter what, whether you fail or you succeed, you are already worthy and capable being. Those are my nine lessons. Those are my nine lessons that I've learned before the age of 29. I, I'll probably do this again for 30. 30 is a big one, my friends. 30 is a big one. I am so happy that you are here and you just spent the last 28 minutes with me. I think at this point, I have to talk for the next 40 seconds. So we hit 29 minutes. But that is what I have for you, my friends. If you want to level up your mentality and your CEO mindset to step into being the best business owner that you can possibly be or high achieving leader that you can possibly be, head down to the show notes and click apply for Mountain Mentality. That's the mental performance one-on-one coaching program that I do. I work with authors, people who are going for VP in corporate America, business owners, and I recently just added a student athlete to that docket as well. So if you are a high achiever, you are going for that big goal, you belong in the Mountain Mentality program. All right, my friends, that is what I have for you. Finishing out this podcast in the 29th minute, nine lessons before the age of 29. I appreciate you and I will talk to you in the next episode.